Good morning, listeners all around the world. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and we've noticed that a lot of other audiences are listening in from other podcasts, and that is great. So I hope that we are, you know, expanding our listenership and it'll show up. I can't wait to see the numbers. Dedicating today's podcast to a young man named Jordan, and he is courting his girlfriend right now. And I, what I like most is that he's very interested in making her happy. And she is very verbal in telling him what he needs to do to make her happy and the kind of man that she wants him to be. So it's really just lovely to kind of see. But I'm really proud of you, Jordan, and I just love that you are taking the time to listen to her and uh, and make her happy. That's awesome. We're lifting you up in prayer. God has you in his grip. Let us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gaze up to heaven, listeners, and pray with me. Father, thank you so much for reassuring us with your voice and telling us whose we are and how much we are loved. Amen. Father, show me what it means in my struggles to trust you and your character. You are powerful and loving. Here go these pages. Oh, goodness. Loving God, my service to you is far from perfect, but I also know that as I serve you, that service is remembered and valued by you. Thank you for equipping me to serve. God, I need your powerful, deep love. I need your love that won't be extinguished and won't let me go. Please show me this love today. Father God, please rid me of my selfishness so that I can love selflessly and stand as one with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, God. You've ushered in another day untouched and freshly new. So here I come to ask you, God, if you'll renew me too. Forgive the many errors that I made yesterday let me try again, dear God, to walk closer in thy way. But Father, I am well aware I can't make it on my own. So take my hand and hold it tight, for I can't walk alone. And we are Proverbs lovers over here. 
my child, if you've put up security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, follow my advice and save yourself for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now, swallow your pride. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. What are worthless and wicked people like? Well, they are constant liars, signaling their deceit with a wink of an eye, a nudge of the foot, or a wiggle of their fingers. Their perceived hearts plot evil, and they constantly stir up trouble. But they will be destroyed suddenly, broken in an instant beyond all hope of healing. There are six things that the Lord hates and seven things that he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. And when you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction is a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. It will keep you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of a promiscuous woman. So don't lust after her beauty. Don't let her coy glances seduce you. For a prostitute will bring you to poverty, but sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life. Can a man scoop a flame into his lap and not have his clothes catch on fire? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? So is the man who sleeps with another man's wife. He who embraces her will not go unpunished. 
Excuses may be found for a thief who steals because he is starving. But if he is caught, he must pay back seven times what he stole. And if he has to sell everything in his house to do so. But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. He will be wounded and disgraced. His shame will never be erased. For the woman's jealous husband will be furious, and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation, nor will he be satisfied with a payoff of any size. The end. <laughs> wow, I get so caught up in the Proverbs. I don't want them to end. And those were Proverbs number six. Stay right there, listeners. We'll be right back. We've got wisdom. We've got prayers. We've got stories. We've got Jesus. Be right back. Let's get some good lessons today from the Charles F. Stanley Bible Principles. Is fleece throwing a good way to discover the will of God? Well, some try to determine God's will by throwing fleeces. We say, if X happens, then I'll do one thing. But if Z happens, then I'll do another. But how does such a strategy differ from treating the will of God like a coin toss and basing our decisions on whether it falls on heads or tails. In most cases, putting out a fleece demonstrates not a robust faith in God, but an unhealthy suspicion that he doesn't have our best interests at heart and that he really can't be trusted to fulfill his promises. We find the act of fleece throwing in the book of Judges. When God calls Gideon to fight the Midianites, it is obvious that Gideon did not feel confident about the divine assignment that the Lord had given him. Instead of going forward in faith, he put out his fleece in an effort to gain reassurance that he would have success. I want you to notice three things about this questionable practice. First of all, the fleece throwing was Gideon's idea, not God's. Nowhere in scripture does the Lord authorize such a practice or call it a desirable method for knowing his purposes. When he makes his will clear, he expects us to trust him. Second, only here in scripture is this method used. No one else employs it. And third, Gideon laid out the fleece so that he could know God's will. He knew what the Lord had instructed him to do, but did it 
but he did it to gain confidence in the outcome that God had already promised. Gideon understood that the Lord wanted him to lead the people into battle against the Midianites. The armies had already gathered for war and he was the nation's leader. Yet he simply wanted an extraordinary sign from God that he and the Israelites would succeed. At some point, each one of us has done the same thing to God. We go back to God in prayer, seeking his encouragement. Listeners, repeatedly in scripture, the Lord calls us to be faithful, just faithful. Genuine trust in God means that we follow him wherever he leads and do whatever he directs without any concern for the outcome. Let me repeat that. Genuine trust in God means that we follow him wherever he leads and do whatever he directs without any concern of the outcome. Job had the right idea. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job chapter 13, verse 15. Gideon's actions indicated that he really did not believe that God would do what he said he would do. So still there was a great desire within his heart to trust the Lord. And this is what God saw in his life. The Lord calls us to a different path and walk. It is a walk of faith and not one of fear, not one of doubt, and not one of worry. The psalmist wrote, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So therefore, listeners, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, we will not fear. Amen. Stay right there. Be right back. We've got more. More, more. Listeners, I have a question for you. Does God consider loyalty an important trait in his people? Our relationship with God is usually reflected in our relationships with other people. The more loyal we are to God, the more loyal we tend to be with friends and family members. How cool. And that's no accident. God considers loyalty an important trait. David thought it was so important that he prayed. He said, give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes. Listeners, God wants us to remain loyal to him. And he wants us to remain loyal to the people that he puts in our lives. 
Perhaps this helps to explain why we find so many beautiful pictures of loyalty in the Bible. For example, Jonathan remained loyal to David, even at the risk of his own health and safety. In the New Testament, we see a bond of loyalty between the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, two men who helped change the course of the world for Christ, even though they couldn't always agree. But perhaps one of the most beautiful pictures of loyalty in Scripture is that of Ruth to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Many people have inscribed her words on bracelets and pendants that they carry with them everywhere, and they read, Wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything, put death parts but death parts you and me. Loyalty comes from the heart. From the heart, listeners. It is motivated by love and wants to be the best for the other person. A loyal person remains steadfast. You never have to beg the support of a loyal friend or a co-worker. Let me repeat that. You never have to beg the support of a loyal friend or co-worker. Loyalty also demands trust. It leaves no room for deception or mistrust. As a result, individuals loyal to one another relate at a much deeper level than others. A loyal person makes for a reliable messenger. Disloyalty causes division, especially among Christians. Loyal friends defend the other person and refuse to listen to gossip about them. Wow. Loyalty speaks the truth and a loyal person has a strong sense of responsibility. Genuine loyalty is not built around circumstances, environment, popularity, or convenience. True loyalty is built on devotion to God and love of others, period. God always rewards those who remain loyal to him and to the people that he places in our lives. Let me repeat that. God always rewards those who remain loyal to him and to the people that he places in our lives. You can never outgive God, even in loyalty. Amen. There you have it. Ready for God to whisper in your ear? 
I know I am. Let's see what he has to say. You may experience the same trials over and over, wondering why it is that I've forsaken you and allowed you to continually grow through pain and suffering. Sometimes it's a part of growing your faith. At other times, it's because I'm trying to bring the issues in your life that need attention to the surface. If I am to set you free, I will have to point out the destructive attitudes and behaviors that keep you from experiencing my very best for your life. My desire is that everything in your life would honor me. Take heart. Know that the pain and sorrows you are experiencing at the moment will be transformed into unthinkable joy. I am freeing you from your self-sufficiency so that I can demonstrate my sovereign power and wisdom in and through you. Though you might think there must be another way, it is often only through brokenness that you'll surrender your will to mine. I want you to stop depending on your limited knowledge and resources and start relying only upon me. I want to remove anything from your life that keeps you from fully trusting me. I am all wise, loving, and always working every situation in your life for good. Beyond your brokenness, there are blessings. So wait expectantly with confident hope. God has spoken, listeners. Oh, God has spoken. Job 23, verse 10. When he tests me, I will come out pure as gold. Amen. And to conclude today's podcast, let's see. (laughs) This is God's command for you. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Moses has died and Joseph is left to lead God's people into the promised land. Can you imagine all the thoughts that must have been going through Joshua's head? Perhaps that's why God tells him three times to be strong and courageous and two times that he would be with him. Chances are your challenges are not as great as Joshua's were. But even if they are, these are the words that God wants you to take to heart 
forget about worrying. That will only sap your energy and courage. Instead, know with certainty that God is with you, that he will never leave you, no matter where you go. God is there. So be strong and brave. God's got you. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for these encouraging words. Help me to get through my head so that I can be strong and courageous just as you've designed me to be. Amen. I have a lot of gladness of heart today, listeners. I am so happy to be in relationship with God Almighty. Woo! Boy, is he showing me a good time. He has his arms wrapped around me. He knows I'm faithful. The people in my inner circle are faithful. And we're going to pray ourselves right to the top. Do your acts of kindness. There are brownie points involved. Bye for now.